hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark... Mark Hershon. Hello, everybody. Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host in No Deposit, No Return Container for Epi 126 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I thought this was going to be an edition of Suckatash Clips. I mean, our associate producer, Tyson Saner, has harvested a bunch of buttes, and I have some I've scraped up off the podcast factory floor as well. But I've been so pressed for time in the real world with my job and side projects that I haven't had time to cobble them all together decently. So, instead, I'm proud to bring you another installment of Suckatash Chats, where we talk to interesting podcasters, comedians, comedians-slash-podcasters, and other showbiz folk. But before I get into the guts of this show, I want to let you know about the special live recording of a Suckatash Chats we've, we're doing this coming Friday night... February 5th in Los Angeles. That's right, live at the Comedy Lab next door to the world-famous Improv on Melrose Avenue in West Hollywood. My special guests will be Dana Carvey, Rick Overton, and Wayne Fetterman, all past guests on Succotash, and even Bill Haywatt, our esteemed booth announcer, is making the trip to be on this episode. There's also a good chance that Mr. Carvey will be joined by his two sons, Dex and Tom, who are also now doing comedy and busily immersed themselves in the Hollywood experience. So if you're in the L.A. area, tickets are free. The catch is that they are only available at the door, day of show, nothing in advance. And when they're gone, that's it. So the Comedy Lab holds like 60 seats. You can get more information about the show at hirsch.co. That's H-E-R-S-H dot C-O, Succotash Live 020516. That's the date of the show, see? So if you're driving and can't jot that down, visit our home site at SuccotashShow.com, and there will be a link there you can click on to get more show and ticket information. But that's then days away. Right now what you're listening to is this. And our special guests this episode, that's right, guests, plural, are Hal Lublin and Mark Gagliardi. You probably know those names best from their time served on the Thrilling Adventure Hour stage show and podcast. But for the past year, they've been doing their own thing, their very own fun thing, the podcast called We Got This. And we have like a, sort of our our uh, boilerplate definitions for it, but I, I always, I've started calling it the Supreme Court of Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we That's a little insulting. <laughs> it is. To us and to the people who listen. And to the Supreme Court, actually. Exactly. But they deserve it. Yeah. Some of them do. They know who they are. Um, but we, we give the definitive answer to uh, to unimportant or dumb debates. Yeah. Like arguments. The, fi- the final word on arguments. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And our word is final. I, That's right. I, yeah. And binding. Yeah. I or don't all. know to whom or to what. I don't know who is being bound to what, but... And how will you enforce it? That's another question that comes up. We have, we have our ways. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly an honor system. Yeah. But it's... Mostly. Yeah. We're the parents who are like, don't let me count all the way to five. Four and a half. Four and three quarters. You better put that ketchup down. You're not putting that on that hot dog. There's a snippet from our upcoming chat with Mark and Hal. 
I'll also be playing a clip from a recent episode of their show during my interview. The gents were accommodating enough, by the way, to do a mini version of what they do on their show when I asked them to decide which was better for Succotash, clips or promos, when talking about uh, other comedy podcasts. Well, their decision was swift, and as you've heard them say, binding, and you'll hear it all coming up on the interview with them shortly. In addition to our interview with Hal Lublin and Mark Gagliardi, we've got a double dose of our burst o' durst with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst, a classic Henderson's Pants commercial, a new weird song from our friend Abner Surd, and an edited version of the Tweet Sack, our exclusive segment looking at tweets, emails, and the like. The reason it's edited this time around is that my Tweet Sack broke. Don't feel bad, Tweety. And I somehow last lost the last three months of my saved emails and notifications, which means I can't do my usual rundown of folks that have been mentioning Succotash in their social media during the last week or so. So uh, sorry about that, but uh, the show will be that much shorter, won't it? Let's crank things up with our first burst of Durst, in which he once again starts to work the Donald over just in time for the Iowa caucus. Hey, guys. Will Durst here to say you had to love Ted Cruz telling Donald Trump that the rest of the country was concerned about his alarming New York values, totally ignoring the greater danger of the real estate developer's aerodynamic quaff toppling over and knocking innocent supporters unconscious with its hard candy shell. But is it fair to make sweeping generalizations solely based on longitude and latitude? Well, yeah. It is. And besides New York, what other cliches can our little minds instantly make when presented with specific locales? Glad you asked. New Hampshire values believe in not just the electric chair, but the electric bleachers. New England Patriots values mean doing anything and everything to win, including the blurring of boundaries that lesser competitors might consider the rules. New Yorky values involve a lot of yipping and the sound of toenails scratching on the linoleum. New Jersey values are almost exactly like New Yorky values, but with bigger hair. New Balance values take into account sneakers and sneaker accessories. Washington, D.C. values are a mix of New Yorky values and New England Patriots values. Texas values mostly have to do with barbecue guns and executing people, not necessarily in that order. Wisconsin values are totally measured in how the Green Bay Packers are doing, and cheese. Arkansas values are more family-oriented and totally understand that fathers can be uncles at the same time. San Francisco values are indicative of a tolerance for almost anything, except the intolerant, that we cannot abide. Berkeley values are not as restrictive as San Francisco values. Madison values are similar to Berkeley values, but mitigated by snow and cheese and the Packers. And Maine values are none of your business. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Discover even more Durst at his home site, willdurst.com. And he's also tweeting at Will Durst on Twitter. Before we kick off our conversation with the We Got This Boys, let's listen to this important word from our sponsor. Hello, friends. Has the world's economical, environmental, and political situations gotten you mad as hell? And are you just about ready to not take it anymore? We hear you, friend. And it couldn't be a better time for you to collect your righteous indignation, get to your feet, and... 
pull up your pants. As long as those pants are Henderson's patented bitchin' britches, that is. Yes, when you're spoiling for a fight, bitchin' britches are just the thing. The secret is in the lining. Every square inch of the inside of these high-quality trousers is covered with durable and stiff, 100% pure mohair, guaranteeing that you'll have ants in your pants and be hot under the collar from the moment you zip up the fly. And the relentless itching is just the start of the bitchin' britches experience. Grueling hours of testing and research has taught Henderson's tailors how to fashion the pockets to be just small enough to make it virtually impossible to carry anything larger than a quarter and a tic-tac. Which means your wallet, keys, and loose change has to be carried around in your hands. On top of that, these pants don't breathe, so you'll be sweating like a monkey on meth within moments of slipping them on. <laughs> Clearly too uncomfortable for you to be able to sit for very long. Your neighbors will be sure to see you marching your way down to City Hall to get complaints off your chest. They'll be proud of your desire to make yourself be heard. They'll admire your determined manner, your cocksure attitude. And all the while, they'll never know the real reason for your renewed sense of civic responsibility is your brand new pair of Henderson's bitchin' britches. Originally designed for chronic complainers like Joan of Arc, the Donner Party, and Donald Trump, Henderson's bitchin' britches are itchin' for you to hitch them up wherever outmoded hipster clothes refuse to go out of style. That's Henderson's, makers of fine bins, tacks, and bipedal leg sheaths since 1622. And now back to Sucker Time. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Looking forward to being with you this Friday at the Comedy Lab in L.A. All right, here's my conversation with Hal Lublin, past guest on Succotash, and Mark Gagliardi, first-timer on our show, as recorded in Mark's hotel room in San Francisco when the boys were up here a couple of weeks ago for the 15th annual San Francisco Sketch Fest. All right, so I think we're ready to go, boys. Great. Uh, <clears throat> welcome to, welcome to uh, well, it's not really Succotash, but it's Mark Gagliardi's hotel room, so welcome, and thank you. Thank you. You know what? Uh, thank you. You have a lovely home. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, sitting me, sitting with me at the Succotash remote microphones are uh, Mark Agliardi and Hal Lublin. Yes, uh, this is what Mark sounds like for listeners. And this is Hal. But people know what Hal sounds like because this is the fourth Sketchfest in a row. Four? I, I felt like it was more, no. but not in a bad way. No, no, it's the fourth Sketchfest in a row that we've done an interview when you come to town. It's so. our annual State of the Union address. But now, Mark, is, because last year, I'm, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you, because I interviewed oh, last year, and we knew that Thrilling Adventure Hour was coming to a close when we yes. talked, and this show had to be in the works, because you guys came on pretty close on the heels, I would say even maybe before Thrilling Adventure Hour went down. We came so. in, what, February? Uh, so we start late February was the promo, and then we started in March. So we had an idea of something we wanted to do, but... And yet you were hiding that light under a bushel, and I said, well, what's going to happen for you when Thrilling Adventure Hour goes away? <laughs> and not a, so I understand you want like a kind of a stealth thing going on. I didn't even know about it at that point. Yeah. Look, rule number one of getting a podcast out there is not telling people that you're doing it. It's a great idea. Keeping it hidden. No, I, I've been on for five years and nobody knows this podcast. <laughs> I, don't th I don't know if I if Mark had said yes yet. If I had, well, we talked I about it. I don't know if you'd pitched it to me yet. Yeah, I think we had talked about, like, let's do something together. The show was ending. We're, we're all jumping off of, of the ship. 
Yeah. I'm going to grab Mark. He's going to be my life raft. And <laughs> he'll carry me to the great suite hereafter. So the show we're talking about is We Got This, yes. uh, which is with Mark and Hal or Hal and Mark. Do you guys prefer a bill- particular billing? It's there... called We Got This with Mark and Hal. Yes. But we realized the other day that um, that Hal and Mark goes nicely together. It's just one letter shy of a greeting card company. Yes. Sure, absolutely. Um, and that seemed just lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hellmark sounds like a like a no. big movie studio. It sounds yeah. like a knockoff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a, we're, we're the the Hel, we make Hellmark cards. That's yeah, right. the really cheap ones that they don't yeah. even have an inside. They're just a postcard. Yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. We cross out actual postcards that we find in airports. The ones that people drop. Yeah, our store sells the wrapping paper that tears when you try to cut it. <laughs> and there's no lines like a grid right. system. Oh, the, when that first started happening, when the grid yeah. first appeared on the back of uh, on the back of wrapping right. paper, I thought, why did this not happen? Why wasn't this automatic centuries ago? Right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. I was angry at them. Yeah, I still am. Yeah, I still am. Um, so, how would you guys? I, I mean, I've I've heard the show quite a bit, as you know. I've reviewed it a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. But how would you de- uh, describe the show if you're going to tell somebody what we got this is about? You know, uh, I was just talking to a woman in the lobby who you met, I saw who her. basically at cost, like I was looking on my phone just to let you know, hey, yeah. down in the lobby, and she was like, so are you here for Sketchfest? And that started oh. what what was very nice, but felt like a very long conversation. Mm-hmm. And she asked me what the podcast was, and we have like sort of our, our uh, boilerplate definitions for it, but I, I always, I've started calling it the Supreme Court of Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we That's a little insulting. <laughs> it is. To us and to the people who listen. And to the Supreme Court, actually. Exactly. But they deserve it. Yeah. Some of them do. They know who they are. Um, but we, we give the definitive answer to uh, to unimportant or dumb debates. Yeah. Like, arguments. The, fi- the final word on arguments. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And our word is final. I, That's right. I, yeah. And binding. Yeah. I don't know to whom or to what. I don't know who is being bound to what, but... And how will you enforce it? That's another question that comes up. We have, we have our ways. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly an honor system. Yeah. But it's... Mostly. Yeah. We're the parents who are like, don't let me count all the way to five. Four and a half. Four and three quarters. You better put that ketchup down. You're not putting that on that hot dog. That was our very first episode. Yes. And so now you've got a, a healthy amount of um, contributions from listeners as to what you should be debating. Yeah, turns out people argue about a lot of dumb stuff. But when yes. you first started, did you guys just kind of rack your brains for what's going to be entertaining or what's kind of stupid or what's silly? For me, it was uh, what will focus us on different aspects of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I... Early on, we did. Should you roll your toilet paper, or should you hang your toilet paper roll overhand or under? I was underhand. listening with bated breath to see uh, what I was going to come out. But really, but really, a lot of the time, it's just an excuse for Hal and I to talk about and to go off on tangents. So that I was like, okay, uh, bathroom stuff. Uh, that's hygiene, and ba- that's 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 uh, ripe for comedy. I like to think of it when we first started as different rooms of the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. um, in the kitchen, you know, we, you start in the kitchen. We do we had a ton of food episodes yes. when we first started, mm-hmm. um, and then move to the bathroom. You've got this. Move to the living room. You've got uh, all right. So TV shows and movies and uh, that sort of cultural <laughs> stuff. Uh, cars in the garage. We did automatic versus manual sure. transmission. 
So uh, trying to find use that uh, use that system for finding variety for the episodes. Okay. Yeah, we we had enough. Like we had reached out to people on social media who knew Thrilling Adventure Hour or Welcome to Night Vale and told them what we were doing. So we started to get some topics in. The very first one. Do you remember who suggested it? Uh huh. It was our friend Eric Edelstein. We were uh, we were getting together at his house. We were going out to dinner, and we told him what we were doing. He's like, "Oh, that's a great idea. Like, should you put ketchup on a hot dog?" And and we both were like, "Oh, yeah, that is the perfect encapsulation of what the show is. What better way to to introduce people to the concept mm-hmm. than to give them something that everybody has an opinion on?" Yes. Um, and that's that's when we know we if we have something good. Like people have to have an opinion on it, whether they're for or against it. Uh, that th- those are our best episodes. Well, I'll tell you, having listened to the current Clean Slate episode, I can see you actually doing that more often because those are the ones that you, you, as you said, really weren't deserving of an episode right. by itself. Yeah. So you can kind of knock them down quickly, which I thought was uh, very entertaining because oh, it, thank it, you. it forced you to kind of really get to it quick. Yeah, it's fun to decide an, on an opinion and then, and then make it the most important thing in your life instantly. <laughs> like, this opinion I formed seconds ago is unequivocally right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the air I breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Should you wear Crocs in public? Thank you for the question. Mark, what do you think? Um, Crocs in public. It depends on what you're doing. If you are on a boat, yes. If you are playing shuffleboard, yes. If you are um, exploring your retirement community, yes. (laughs) If you're going to Walmart, yes, because you can wear any monstrous thing to Walmart and it is fine. <laughs> but if you're going into a public place where people where you want to be respected, no. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I have to say, think about this. If you're going to Walmart, do you want to become one of the people of Walmart? Do you want to show up on somebody's blog because you're walking <laughs> around in like Zubaz pants, uh a, a nineteen ninety uh go tied Alabama t shirt and some crocs and and even so, so you have like. Hang on, Hal. 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 Something is wrong with my computer. I didn't know that we had a video feed going. <laughs> oh, uh, look. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to embarrass you, Mark. It's all right. I guess I can take all this stuff off now. Look, dress for the podcast you want to host. Okay. Not the one that you're on. So, uh. so, uh, here's the thing. Like, there are a lot of different, there are sly crocs. Yeah, there are Crocs that do not that that will never tell you they are Crocs. No, they just like oh oh that person's wearing some flip flops, not a big deal. Or that guy's got on some uh, they're 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 ones that look like sort of like moccasins or like penny loafers a little bit. Yeah, there are some that look like duck boots. Exactly, but they all share one common trait, which is if you what wear is- them for more than one hour total, they will start to smell the worst. That anything could possibly smell, and they'll get dirty immediately. You'll get dirty. F- is it because you don't wear shoes? Is it because you don't wear socks inside of Crocs? Yes. Or is it is it the feet that are smelling, or is it the Croc itself? Like like Crocs, they biodegrade in sunlight for some reason, or like or like they're salt. They give off sulfur. I think is that what it is, or I, it is it is the foot smell. I think it's the the two things combining. And if you have feet that that may smell a little bit on their own, that you have to tend to. Don't put them in Crocs. Why would you do that? That's like uh, that's like taking uh, uh, Kitty Dukakis and throwing her into a, a bar. I don't know. I lost the the trade of thought. What is the happening now? 
Have we done, Hal, have we done too many episodes of this show? I mean, this is number 47, I think, or something like that. <laughs> We're somewhere in the 40s now. I still haven't gotten it together. Okay. I don't know how to talk. The point is, don't wear your Crocs ever. Don't put those stink pods on your feet. I don't care what kind they are. Take them and throw them into a safe fire where they belong and put on some regular shoes or get some regular flip-flops. It's just not worth the comfort. Plus, they're dangerous. They're very slippery, slidey shoes. And I know because I wore them and I slipped and slid around. And it was terrible. Oh, did you fall? Is that why you hate Crocs so much? Do you have a vendetta against them? I do. The Crocs done wronged me. <laughs> and now, after sitting... Oh, write a song about it. <laughs> them Crocs done did me wrong now. <laughs> I can't have them Crocs in my life no more. All right, Melanie. No, Say no to Crocs. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit in terms of, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mike and Tommy Snacks with Michael Ian Black and uh, Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah. And uh, it's really just an excuse, because I just interviewed mm-hmm. Michael, and it's for them it was the same thing. It's just an excuse for them to get together as friends and yeah. talk about stuff, but they wanted a framework. That's basically what this was, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Just Hal and I just wanted to keep chatting with each other yeah. every week. Which is great. Now, how often do you actually get to do the show in the same room? Because it seems like a lot of them are Skype episodes, which makes sense. Uh... I don't know, probably half a dozen a year, or maybe a yeah. dozen a year. Whenever we're together, we try to record at least oh, okay. one if we can do more. You know, when we were together in uh, Atlanta for Dragon Con, we did a bunch. Right. When I was in New York in October, we did a bunch. He he comes out to L.A. pretty frequently, mm-hmm. and we try to grab more. It's it's the, the, the biggest challenge in being on two coasts is getting on a regular schedule, which yeah. is something that we're, we're trying to do more of because we get to... We get to that point where we're like, oh, all right, we're, we need to record something or else we won't have an episode this week. Right. And you may have been the only, the only podcast that I'm aware of, and I'm aware of a lot of them, that so far has done an episode on a plane. Yes, we yes. did. We recorded a window seat or aisle seat. Yes. Uh, much to, I'm sure, the chagrin of the people sitting around us. Like, what are these two bozos doing? Are they, are they recording on this airplane? And I don't know, was there, could, was it too, like, no, in the background? I couldn't really tell. I mean, there was, there was a little bit of that presence to yeah. it. Yeah. But it was, it was Oh, fine. good. And yeah. we, and we stopped the, uh, we stopped the flight attendant and asked his opinion on the matter. <laughs> and that was the day I found out that, uh, I'm more pragmatic and less of a dreamer than I had oh. hoped. Okay. Because I like the aisle seat. Okay. Yeah, that episode is all about you being rocked to your very core. I really was. I was rocked to my core when I, when I realize that it's the dreamers that want to sit by the window and watch the world slowly descend below them. Wow. And uh, here I am like, no, man, I want to use my laptop. Oh. So I need to be on an aisle. I always thought it was the smaller bladdered people that like the, the aisle seat. Uh, I also have, have a very tiny bladder. Yeah. I, have a, I have a thimble of a bladder. But I'm in and out of the bathroom in seconds. Yeah. When you're on the laptop, you're keeping a spreadsheet of all your bathroom time. Yeah, and exactly. And retention, the normal stuff. <laughs> so what is, uh, what is life like um, since the folding of Thrilling Adventure? And I know there's still events and whatnot that are around it. We have two shows tonight. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes exactly. But in, in general, in terms of not having kind of the big monthly show and, and yeah, it's, those elements. It's not great. I liked it. I loved yeah. having that show for ten years. And I, it's so nice to see everybody that like watching people come into this hotel where we're staying now, like we were down getting ready to go get lunch and we saw Paget come in and, uh, and, and it's all just hugs. And Josh Molina was down there when we walked in. It's like, Oh my God, I got, you know, it's, it feels like more of a reunion, like high school ended. Yeah. 
But we're all in summer school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Paul, Paul's doing Spontaneous Nation at Largo once a month, and I, I got to do the live show in December, and it was the first time I'd been at in Largo, in the theater, since we stopped doing the show. Oh. So it had been, I mean, eight months, something was, like that. that like? It was bizarre. It felt like... Oh, I haven't been here. It was like going back to your high school in a way, mm-hmm. but lockers, not at, the lockers all seem a little smaller. The lockers yeah. seem a little smaller. It was there were less people. There yeah, were these people like look so much younger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we did. There the, were only twelve. <laughs> there were only twelve. Jeez. And then we did. Uh, we did the thrilling adventure holiday show, which was like some of the thrilling adventure people, but not all of them. So that was. It was great to reunite with the people who were there, but really odd because Mark wasn't there and Mark Evan Jackson wasn't there. I mean, there were so many people yeah. who were conspicuous in their absence. Hmm. But also, as as Mark points out, we have two shows tonight. So for a show that, that has ended its regular run, it sure does seem to do a lot of stuff. But at, at this point, I don't think there's anything, something scheduled beyond these shows. Oh, okay. So this could, this is more of a finite end to it, I think, for us than anything has been before. Uh, and Mark, you live in New York, right? I do, yeah. How long have you been there? Uh, I've been there since last May. Okay. So, so uh, a year and a half, just over a year and a half. Okay, so for the most part, you were out in L.A. during the run of Thrilling Adventure yeah. Hour, but then did you keep having to come I would to fly back know? once a month for the show, yeah. Uh, that was one thing I knew I was n- definitely not going to miss, uh, <laughs> which made which made trying to book a play difficult <laughs> in New York. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I made sure I flew back every month for the show. I, yeah. you know, it was such a big part of all of our lives for so long that I didn't want to. I wasn't going to miss that, yeah. especially it being you know, I wasn't going to miss senior year. <laughs> and what's the sort of residual effect of having been on the show been uh, now that it's because when it's going, it's it's going, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what you're in. And now that it's over, I mean, people think of it fondly. They you know, and and by a podcasting, it's. Like it kind of never ends, right? People can keep finding it and discovering it and yeah. listening to it. Yep. But is it having an effect in your lives in terms of people going, oh, yeah, you know, you're getting work from it or people recognize you from it or anything like that? Well, I mean, it led to Hal and I being on this new season, of upcoming season of Venture Brothers. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it led directly to that uh, because of people that we met doing the show. Uh, Jackson Public came into the show. We became buddies and we thought each other were funny. So uh, he and Doc put us on the show. Cool. Yep. Uh, so that was a really cool one. Um, yeah, and most of the work that I'm doing now has come out of that. Playing Batman for Super Friends came out of <laughs> nice. uh, a guest uh, a guest star that came in and did Thrilling Adventure Hour. Uh, meeting Dominic Bisignano, uh, who was a producer for a Disney cartoon, mm-hmm. led to me doing um, uh, Star vs. the Forces of Evil now. Like, all of the voiceover stuff has all come out of this. Yeah, I'm actually doing, recurring on this animated series called Mighty Magiswords, which was created by and is written by a guy who used to do graphic stuff that the Bens knew back in the Largo days. Oh, okay. Who I've just stayed in touch with, and when he got the show, we, we contacted each other, and and it just sort of worked out that way. So there is, like, people are aware of the show, so it's nice to it's nice to have that. It's a good thing to have on your resume, especially when you're not somebody who was a guest, when you were in the trenches for mm-hmm. for 10 years. But, uh, but there also is, like, I mean, I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I, I have this hope that the show will come back at some point in a, in a somewhat semi-regular fashion. Um, I would love, because... We all loved spending that time together, so it would be great to, to do it again. Yeah. So now that you guys have the show with the two of you, does it feel like a like a little 
sort of chunk the escape pod of the uh, thrilling adventure I broke it <laughs> off, and you guys are sort of like <laughs> making your way through space together. Or is there any sort of flavor to it at, at all? It's funny. This feels so so separate. Like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a spinoff or an adjunct thing. Or I know that's how we got a lot of our uh, listeners is through people who were fans of Thrilling Adventure Hour. Um, but it, it feels like its own totally separate world. Uh, and one that we're, you know, we're happy to play in. Like, Hal and I were friends before we started Thrilling Adventure Hour. Yeah. We met at Second City in L.A. Uh, years before Thrilling Adventure Hour started. So this is, uh, you know, something that, that's something that we both uh, lived through. That was a... That was a <laughs> That was an epic uh, battle that we both fought <laughs> together, and now we're uh, you know we're fighting a new battle. Was that out in Santa Monica, the second city when they were out there? It was uh, when they when they were in the improv. It was after Santa Monica, ah, before Hollywood. Yeah. Yes. So the halfway point. Ah. Yeah. On the, for, on the way from Santa Monica to Hollywood Boulevard, they stopped for a few years okay. at the Improv on Melrose, <laughs> and that was where we met. That's where we met Ben Acker, oh, um, okay. and Mark Evan Jackson, and Craig Kakowski, and all of those guys. Uh, we all came out of that. Um, well, I mean, Annie, Annie, we Annie, both already knew. Annie I mean, Savage, I went, we knew. From I went that through as well. Second City with Annie, so oh, okay. we've known each yeah. other for. Uh, and Jackson and Kakowski were teaching there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but, Ben was a student in the writing program there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that was how we all uh, wound up meeting each other. Yeah, and I think it's just to get back to the, to the question. I think it's a good thing that it's not the same. I think it would be weird if if Mark and I were doing some offshoot of the thrilling adventure right. that felt it was like Philip Fathom and Croach. We're trying to capture the magic <laughs> yeah. somehow. Um, but we're not doing it live. There's no audience no. or band. Yeah, exactly. It's just two guys in a room. Like, and then, uh, then what does Croach say? What's, what does Croach say after that? <laughs> and you're just improvising it. There's no yeah. script. Yeah. There's Boy, there were a couple opportunities where I had to improvise as Croach. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Comedy Bang Bang was one. And... It is not easy to improvise a character that does not speak in contractions, <laughs> takes everything literally. Like, it is... The contractions was the hardest part. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't use big words in real life. Do <laughs> um, you guys get a chance to listen to other podcasts? Most podcasters I talk to don't, by the way. They're just... there's Nobody has any time during the day. I mean, you, you know, we've all got other careers, and it's like... Well, no, we don't have time to do it. But do you guys get a chance to listen to, to anybody else? I, I honestly, I, I don't listen to a ton of them. I'm, I'm mostly, uh, am listening to NPR. Yeah. Because I'm just trying to keep up with, uh, I'm trying to keep up with what's going on but in the world. The real world. Yeah, really? I know. Like, <laughs> no, and and I, I need to. I'm terrible about it. I need to start like living in the podcast world and. Not listening to podcasts, I feel like a real jerk. <laughs> but you listen to enough for both of us. I do, I do. Uh, I still listen to. I feel like I've talked about pro wrestling podcasts with you before. Yes, yes. Still listen to those: Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Jim Ross, the the Holy Trinity of wrestling podcasts. Um, super, the Super Ego guys are great. Oh, I, super Ego, I do listen to. Yeah. yeah, and have you heard Pistol Shrimps Radio? I have heard Pistol Shrimps. Right. Yeah, I guess there are podcasts yeah, that I listen to. You're aware of, yeah. of other podcasts yeah. going on. Um, the McElroy brothers are like now that my we're my brother, my brother, and me. Yeah, we're on this great podcast network with Maximum Fun. So we've got the McElroys, Judge John. Um, I listen to Judge John yes. Hodgman, Bullseye. Um, Bullseye's I, on NPR. Bullseye, and yeah, also on NPR. So it's, it's perfect for you. Yeah, it's an it's NPR show. It's the radio. It's the radio that plays podcasts. Yeah, it's the podcast crossover station. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> we started at the same time as another podcast on Maximum Fun called "Can I Pet Your Dog?" Yes, which is awesome. It's. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, Allegra Ringo and Renee Colvert, and uh, Travis McElroy actually produces them, and he's on the show as well because he worked as a dog trainer oh, for really? some time. And it's like all things dog, and they're <laughs> charming and hilarious uh, people doing a charming and hilarious show. So if you love dogs, you should listen to Can I Pet Your Dog? Because why not? Why wouldn't you? If you're a dog, should you listen to it? Yes. Okay. Because half of the show is them going... <laughs> come here. Come here. Good boy. Come here. Who's a good, they will answer the question, who's a good boy? Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Finally, that question has been answered. We should have settled that. Right? <laughs> uh, no, I guess I do, I do listen to a lot of... Uh, I don't listen to any regularly. To, I don't have, like... I don't subscribe to any podcast. Mostly it's stuff that friends are on. Sure. Which... Uh, which yeah, all of those and, and Paul's shows that Paul does. Spontaneous yes. Nation is oh. a huge one. Um, That's so much fun uh, to do. It really is. I like listening to the ones that I'm not on yeah. way more. <laughs> I mean, I don't like to listen to myself, but I, the one that you did uh, with Mark Evan Jackson and Amanda Lund, where you were on Mars Base oh, Two, yeah. I think, is so like it's just I, maybe it's different for us to listen to it. Uh, we we get to enjoy it on another level because we know all those people and yeah. you know once you've been in that room you know what it's like to be in there and it's just the most fun and it's it's great to hear a podcast of people just having a great time yeah with no idea what's going on <laughs> well that's the nature of the, the improv part of it right yes um, are you guys uh, active in doing like stage improv things like that at all at this oh point? yeah. Um... We've all that was how we met again. That right. second city was that, and we uh, I, I still I'm playing now in New York. Uh, I, I've actually jumped back into classes, I'm going through the program at UCB up oh, there, okay. which is a lot of fun just to you know get on some stages. And uh, and there's other shows that I've gotten to do up there, Gravid Water being one, which is a blast of a show. That's an actor and an improviser. An actor has a script that they've memorized, and the improviser doesn't. And they yeah, the old playbook yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that game is a lot of fun. Yeah, somebody took that and turned it into an entire show. Uh, it's so funny. I think I think it's partly respond uh, the in, the internet's partially responsible for people just trying to find any way to slice and dice stuff that's gone before. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, there's a, a friend of mine that I used to teach improv here in the city with that does a show called Speechless, mm-hmm. which is an improvised PowerPoint show. I've done that show in L.A. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, Sam, Sammy Weijin's buddy of mine, I helped him sort of pioneer. We did it for a executive, we did a um, private corporate gig one Christmas, and we kind of trotted out there and just tried it in really crude form. <laughs> so it's, how does that work? Well, is there's, it a, a... there's a big spinning wheel with topics on it. And so you, okay. spin, you, you, get, you spin the wheel, you get your topic, and then you have eight to ten slides you've never seen before that have nothing to do with the topic. Mm-hmm. But you have to create a cohesive oh my presentation God. using those slides. Yep. It's pretty damn funny. It's been doing really well. There's so much of that, like, there's, there's a purity to just going and seeing, a, uh, like, a totally open, long-form improv show. Um, but then there's so much fun in these, like, little sort of game show happenings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this was like a, this was sort of like a combination of the old sort of slideshow mm-hmm. form, you know, yeah. the game, and then uh, then just adding PowerPoint to it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Having it make sense. Uh, yeah, I was going to have you guys uh, sort of do a um, "We've got this for me" that I'm always having trouble with because what's what's yeah. the problem? You well, lay it on us. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let us solve your life. Because, uh, we got this. You know, this is the comedy podcast podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not doing interviews, I'm doing podcast clips. And playing clips from people's shows. And sometimes mm-hmm. I get them, sometimes my associate producer gets them. A lot of times the guys will send them in themselves. The podcasters will send them in themselves. But I also get a lot of people that send promos in. And I don't like playing the promos. It's not really true to the spirit of what the show is, which right. is 
trying to play like an isolated, here's three minutes or here's five minutes of a show as opposed to a tightly produced, here's two minutes of some music and then we're telling you what the show's about and then here's a little weird little snippets taken out of context and then you kind of close it off with where you can find the show. So if I were to have you guys look at this, it's clips versus promos. Which is better? Clips versus promos. Okay. Well, all right, what are the pros and the cons of each? The pros of a promo being uh, the podcasters can choose and craft moments. Yes. They uh, they can find the best bits, and uh, the context uh, the context isn't as important. Yeah, it's built to educate. That's the whole right. point of it. Is I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you here's the elevator pitch for our show, and for you to come listen to it. And I'm gonna give you just enough to entice you to to subscribe to figure out what what all these clips mean. Right. The cons of that are it is not genuine to the soul of the show because it's been produced. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same thing. Like problem with trailers. Now, yeah. the problem with trailers nowadays is they give away... Tell us, Andy they, Rooney. They give I think my problem with trailers is they give away too much. So why not, why not just give me a clip? Like, what is a good... What is, the, what is our show really about? It's really about the dynamic between you and me. Mm-hmm. It's about what we're deciding is always secondary to the journey we take to get there. So if I'm really giving... If I, if I was submitting something to you, I would rather find like a really good clip that's got funny stuff of us where you're like, that is like bananas. I think, I always think immediately of the toilet paper episode and <laughs> right. all of, and the, the list of analogs that you have to go Look, through. We don't need to, paper. we don't need to go through my list of, <laughs> of things that I use in order when I've run out of toilet paper. The fact that there's even an order is fascinating. But like that, if I heard that, I'd be more likely to go. What is that show? I want to check that out. I'm looking around right now the room trying to find things that would work. <laughs> that little cardboard stand over there that tells you about the Wi-Fi. You know, there's, you know, there's a Bible with 350 pages somewhere. That's, <laughs> I uh, look, I'm pretty sure that my Catholic uh, my Catholic grade school upbringing oh, there is some sort yeah. of damage that's done. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, so I guess if it's if it's about the the if one is about the interpersonal relationships and the humanity and another is about um getting out the information as quickly as possible then it then you know you can reduce that to what is more important uh interpersonal relationships or knowledge and i'll inter- i'll interject yeah. that if i'm playing a promo then i rarely say anything about the show other than the fact these guys send in a promo and i just let the promo speak for itself Whereas if I get a clip, I you know I go to their website, I, I find out more about them, I tell my listeners stuff I've discovered about them and things like that. You you get yeah you get that outsider. Yeah, so that's just another sort of layer on the cake. I think I say consider it this way. This is my this is this is where I would uh, guide it towards is if you're like the Tonight Show of podcasts, you're really a podcast about other things going. You're right. you're a vehicle to help people. Discover and celebrate the world of, of podcasts, I, comedy podcasts. I like Whitman Sampler. Yeah. yeah. Look, if you're going to get a Whitman Sampler. You've got to taste it. That's right. Yourself. Yeah. You don't want someone to just tell you how it tastes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's something, like, I like to have the map in a Whitman Sampler that mm-hmm. tells me what everything is so I can avoid, like, the, <laughs> the chocolate. You know there's one piece that's, like, chocolate over orange gelatin, which is just <laughs> pure shit that they put in there 
to ruin why do your you life. Hate, I like that. I'd rather have an you orange have the, and you then have, a chocolate a couple of hours later. You have the narrowest later. palate. You have the narrowest food it's, palate. It's very narrow. Of anyone I know. But I, I, I always eat guys, well. I think if you guys did a Whitman sampler show, it would take you three hours to get the show. It really <laughs> would. Oh, absolutely. But I, there is, like, that takes away the surprise of yes. biting into it. Mm-hmm. And if I was going on the Tonight Show, I would not want to show the trailer of my film. I'd rather talk about it and tell you how much fun it is to make and then show you a clip that's a really exciting clip. So I would I would fall so, in favor of clips personally. What do you think? I feel like uh I I'm tending to agree with you on this. Are we ready to rule on this? Yeah. All right, Hal. All right, people of the world, take your promos and put them in a very special place on your hard drive, a special folder called Where the Sun Don't Shine, and send in your clips. Take some time to care about what you do and know what the best representative of your work is and send that in to Mark. For goodness sakes, people. Do you want your podcast on this podcast or not? Thank you. I love that. That's fantastic. Very definitive. <laughs> <laughs> Very definitive. Mark always leaves it to me to yell. At yeah, just listen yeah to because you, you have that gravitas. Yeah. It's, we did one episode where he actually didn't say at the beginning, I was like, well, are we ready to rule on this? And he's like, yeah, I think uh, I think this is the answer. I was like, what are you doing? You didn't... Where's the rant? Where's the... <laughs> people of the world. That is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> well, thank you. That's great. So now I can definitively tell people, do not send in your promos, because it has been decided. Yeah. Yeah. Don't send in your promos. Which Never. Is fantastic. Um, anything coming up that uh, you think our listeners should know about? Uh, Venture Brothers Season 6 yeah. premieres January 31st at midnight on Adult Swim. Nice. And I've got Mighty Magiswords coming out, I think, later this year, the series. But you can see you can see it. In, it's going to be on television on Cartoon Network. But currently it sits digitally on their website, so you can look it up there. It's M-A-G-I-S-W-O-R-D-S, Magiswords. Magiswords. So uh, check that out. Um, yeah, and check out uh, Super Friends on DCKids.com. Uh, I play Batman on that. And, uh, yeah, the Venture Brothers coming up. Keep watching Star vs. the Forces of Evil. And eventually you may also see our faces and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Lord willing. <laughs> and the creek don't rise. Oh, Lord. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time. Enjoy your, uh, your shows while you're here in San Francisco. Thank you for, uh, for having us. And Absolutely. you enjoy your shows. Thank yeah. you. I always try to. Have you gotten to see some good stuff? No, nothing. So. <laughs> you see anything, you'll see nothing. There is nothing. nothing so. You'll just be holed up in Mountain View and, somewhere. And the funny thing is, I can go see any show I want because I'm friends with the three organizers of the whole thing, and I've yeah. been for 15 years. So go. Why are you? Why are you talking to us? Go see a show. There's huge yeah. things happening. So tired. So tired. <laughs> that was really a fun conversation. Thanks to Hal and Mark for taking the time on another whirlwind trip to Sketchfest. You can get every episode of We Got This at MaximumFun.org, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you might imagine you can find podcasts for downloading and or streaming. All right, it's time to dip into the tweet sack. I was a guest not too long ago on the Rob and Slim show, which was a lot of fun. Uh, We got a note from them wanting us to let folks know that they are running a GoFundMe campaign to raise money for their show. Uh, 
According to the notice, they say, quote, We are a weekly internet radio show that covers and makes fun of news stories, tell stories from our own lives, and have a great time conducting interviews. We are looking to raise money for promotional products, some better equipment, our own domain, and a pitch to get onto a radio station. Unquote. Well, good luck, guys. Not sure how well that's going to work for them. Hell, I can't get people to click on a simple donate button over at SuccotashShow.com, but I wish them the best. At my last look over on their campaign page, they'd raised $155 of their $10,000 goal. The link's uh, GoFundMe.com slash Rob and Slim. I got a note from Brian Kane Jackson, host of the Brian Talks podcast. He says, quote, Hi, Mark. I would love if you listen to my podcast and let me know what you think. Unquote. We also traded some messages via direct message on Twitter this past week. Well, Brian, I've listened to an episode of Brian Talks and... I like it. The recent show I listened to had him behind the scenes on the NBC TV show Undateable, talking roundtable style to what seemed to be the entire cast. So I don't know how he got that kind of access, but it was pretty cool. We'll feature a clip on an upcoming show, but in the meantime, be sure to check it out at Brian, that's Brian with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N, talks, T-A-L-K-S dot com. Corky Knievel, who was part of the uh, Potato Bureau podcast out of Sacramento featured in clip form back on our Epi 124. Uh, he dropped a line via Twitter saying, thanks so much for featuring the show and mentioning our name and tweets. Keep up the fantastic work. Well, you know what? We're going to do what we can, Corky. Thank you. Finally, I got an email from Jason Clam. <laughs> I think it's Clam, K-L-A-M-M, host of the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. He writes, Dear Mark, a while back you were kind enough to include a clip from my interview with Jimmy Pardo on your podcast, and I thought I'd extend an invitation to you to come on the show should the subject matter be of interest. Well, I should say so. I uh, I was a, a inveterate listener of comedy records since I was a wee lad, and I have accepted Jason said invitation, so we will uh, decide on a record to talk about, and we will sit down and talk about that on his show soon, and I'll let you know when that's going to happen. As I said up top, due to an unfortunate email incident, I've not got the names of those lovely folks who've been dropping our name in their social media streams for the past week or so, so we'll pick up on that next time. In the meantime, let's just hit our Bursto Durst number two for this episode with Will bagging on Iowa and New Hampshire. Hey guys, Wilders here to ask the question that's been dancing on the lips of politically concerned citizens for decades. Who's the genius that chose Iowa and New Hampshire to be the first and most influential states in determining who becomes the next president? Probably the same guy who figured out how to bundle subprime mortgages. Or related to the brewer who invented cold turkey breakfast beer. The idiot behind pay toilets on airplanes. On Monday, February 1st, the season kicks off with the Iowa caucuses, a wild and wacky adventure that takes up the entire evening. It's a game of musical chairs without the music and no chairs. The following week, the action moves north and east to New Hampshire. The Granite State is proud of traditionally being the first primary and has a state law that mandates they remain first in the nation, even if they have to move it to the previous year and compete with July 4th fireworks to do it. The New Hampshire primary is just a straight-up popular vote. Problem is, who's doing the voting? 
The two states are as representative of the country as sushi is of southwestern cuisine. Both have tiny populations and are so damn white the blue veins running down their outer thighs could be interstate roads on the map to prejudice. Iowa is 87% white and New Hampshire 91%. These guys make the Pillsbury Doughboy look like a Central American coal miner after a double shift. We're talking about people who need SPF 50 to protect them from moon burn. If they were any more Caucasian, they'd be translucent. Besides, in February, climate change notwithstanding, both the Hawkeyes and the Granitoids tend to experience a little thing we call winter. Needless to say, if it were up to the journalists, the first two primaries would be held in Hawaii and Guam. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Who remembers Durst's home site info from the last Burst Durst segment? That's right, it's willdurst.com. Our acapella friend Abner Surd sent in his latest ditty. The, the note about it on Twitter said, Ooh, I hope this isn't a fridge too far. Yeah, ouch, right? Anyway, here's Clean the Kitchen by Abner and his friend Kitten Caboodle. Something's in the refrigerator, rotten eggs. Something's in the refrigerator, rotten eggs. Something's in the refrigerator, rotten eggs. Clean the kitchen, darling. Something's in the refrigerator, curd of milk. Something's in the refrigerator, curd of milk. Something's in the refrigerator, curd of milk. Clean the kitchen, darling. Something's in the refrigerator, moldy bread. Something's in the refrigerator, moldy bread. Something's in the refrigerator, moldy bread. Clean the kitchen, darling. Something's in the refrigerator, think it's fish. Something's in the refrigerator, think it's fish. Something's in the refrigerator, think it's fish. Clean the kitchen, darling. I ain't doing it. You do it. I'm not doing it. You do it. When that song first came in, it was just Abner singing all by his lonesome. He asked what I thought of it, and I said it came off a bit sexist. So the next thing you know, in comes that boy and girl version with him and Kitten Caboodle. Quick thinking, Abner. Abner's the host of Tall Tales and Shaggy Dogs, available on iTunes and from his home site, abnersurd.com. That's A-B-N-E-R-S-E-R-D. Dot com. Well, friends, we've reached the end of another Succotash Chats, this time Epi 126. Thanks once again to our special guests, Hal Lublin and Mark Gagliardi. Don't forget the live recording of Succotash coming up this Friday, February 5th, at the Comedy Lab next to the Improv on Melrose Avenue in West Hollywood. My guests again will be Dana Carvey, Rick Overton, and Wayne Fetterman. Visit our home site, SuccotashShow.com, for information about the show and tickets through a link Uh, which will be available only at the door, first come, first serve. If we don't see you there, we'll see you here, wherever it is you got this episode from, next time. Until then, thanks for passing the succotash, and goodbye. 
You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Turges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.